0: it's Friday night where I am what about what about eight o'clock here on central coast of California beautiful 70 degree 70 something degree day here in early January feel sorry for you boys back in where they have actual weather because you know I couldn't cope that's why I live here and anyway welcome to episode 51 Uncle Pinball's podcast. I just played a little bit of one of my favorite EMs, one I forgot we haven't even talked about yet. I know the Steve Kordek masterpiece, Jim Jewel. A lot of people's favorite machines. In fact, I do believe that uh, my brother uh, Odin this is like his favorite machine, or EM anyway, or was, back when I've seen him. And he's got like a pristine example. In fact, back when I went down to get my teacher's pet off in him, the his guest room was underneath this machine. That's where your bedroll was, underneath Big Daddy. 1963, reverse wedge head. My favorite kind of EM, a couple of bells and a knocker for my sound effects, baby. Steve Kordek at his finest working simple, but addicting. I looked it up on on IPDB, right? They said they made 1,850 of them, and about 1,000 of those were for the USA, so if you got yourself a big daddy that's fairly rare right back from 1963 I was two years old when it came out right they say the price for distributors was $322 right this machine took dimes right three balls for a dime you get three plays for a quarter on a three ball setting Okay, and three hundred twenty-two dollar in nineteen That's twenty-seven hundred bucks approximately today. Looked at the various calculators online or whatever, baby. And we're looking at about twenty-seven hundred bucks in today's dollars for this here EM Big Daddy. So that's a lot. I mean, well, three hundred twenty-two dollar. That's a lot of dimes, baby. That's a lot of dimes. A penny per. I mean, a dime per play. Those are the ones I always looked for when I was a kid, right? The three for quarters, the ten centers, that kind of stuff, right? But let's talk about gameplay on this bad boy. And let's talk about how we should, like, bow down and pay our respects with a moment of silence for the EM designers back in the day and what they could do, the the designing, the coding. Yes, this is coding. It's hardwired coding that they could do with what little they had, right? You look, okay, look at this game as far as like interactive like stuff that you're shooting for, right? You got lanes, which is like 1963-ish, right? So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, not counting out lanes, which are part of the, the gameplay, right? Looks like we got like three, six, eight, right, lanes. You got one, two, three, four, excuse me, pops, right? Two are just paying a one point each when you're hitting them. But you gotta do one of your skill shots on your plunge is to light the other two to get you ten times as many points for ten on those bad boys if you can light them. So there's one of your skill shots on there to get those other two pops lit, right? You got two kick-out holes. Right, that are 50 point seats but the best thing about the kick out holes is that they reset your drop target which is your old last feature basically on this thing and that's dead center if you miss that sucker it's a straight down the middle drain with your 2 inch flippers and in the wide gap in the middle and being an early Steve Kordek drop target game, you don't get your drop target reset just by draining or whatever. you got to hit them dang kickout holes that are flanking on either side there before you can get your drop target back. Although, there's another skill shot for you when you plunge after you dropped it and drained. At the very top of the play field, if you can get it up top there and hit that rollover... Oh, it's got rollovers. I guess those would be interactive, right? Anyway... You get that rollover at the top, then you can reset your drop target, right? And the whole key of the drop target is that's how you get your credits, right? That's how you get your extra games, and it starts paying big time. But as far as rule set, basically, you're trying to get 10 numbers, 1 through 10. Like, how much more simple could you get as far as, like, a rule set? So he's got little diamonds going down the middle. We got one through five on one side. One side, we got six through ten on the other. And the various targets and lanes and whatever. Well, like. Unlight. It's funny. You, you start with them all lit. And you try to unlight them, right? So if you get the f- one through five unlit, we got two passive bumpers up at the top, right? And those light up for a hundred points apiece on a one point game. If you can get one of them lights on one side for one through five, one of them lights on the other side for six through ten, right? And at the same time you get the one through five or six through ten, that lights your out lanes on either side, depending on which one you got for special extra game, right? Right. But if you can get all of them, then your drop target in the center pays extra game and you don't have to drain to get extra games right to get credits and hear that knocker and on these older games it was just as much about getting free games as it was about getting points right because a lot of those places back in the day would reward you your money back on credits earned right like bingo game styly. and so it was as much about earning credits as it was about getting points and depending on how they set the points values for like extra games right for that it was much more better to get that special going get that drop target lid in the center boom hit it reset it hit it if you can get that groove going on you could make a little bit of cash money on this bad boy hitting that but how much more simple could you be we're trying to light unlight the numbers we're trying to get the numbers one through ten that's it and just the way he has laid it out, the way you have to try to get him, and various other little things along the way, it's just like listen if i the only thing that would make this The most perfect game in the EM realm was if this one was a two-player, because I can see this being a mad, mad gambler if we could figure out a two-player, but like many of the old Steve Kordak gem jewels back in the day, it was about you versus the machine and earning credits so you could get more money back from the bartender or whatever, right? So it's not a two-player that we could gamble on, but that would make this game just about perfect, right? But Big Dad Day, I encourage you to seek one out when we got shows again. I'm going to be bringing mine to uh, probably GSPF as well as uh, Pentagogo in the fall, assuming we're, we're... Fingers crossed on that, right? Anyway, Big Daddy, Steve Cordeck 1963. A super fun, super fit, simple, proven you don't have to have the deep rule set, baby. We could play Big Daddy all night before you master that sucker. And then when you do, if you can do it again in the next 24 hours, I give you $50. Because... Do it at once, don't mean you can do it again on games like this. Uh, Lots of fun. Play pinball. See you, boys. Happy New Year so far. Well, anyway, see you.